Hello, and welcome to the BPL podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Laser, and I'm here today with special guest, Eric Dennison. Eric Dennison is a co-owner, along with his wife, Laura, of Newfangled Kitchen, which opened in December 2018 right here in Bexley. He's a veteran of the restaurant scene, having held senior positions at Lexi's on 3rd, Katzinger's Delicatessen, as well as multiple restaurants in Northwest Ohio. So Eric, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, Jeff. appreciate being here. For sure. So let's start with what was your inspiration for opening a restaurant like Newfangled Kitchen? Yeah, well, my wife and I, um, you know, she, I've been in the business a long time, you know, probably 30 years. And, um, and, and, you know, when you, uh, when you're a spouse of somebody that's been in the business like that, my, I met my wife in the business many, many years ago. Um, you know, you just, it, it becomes part of your daily conversation. So through those conversations, we always we always talked about, you know, potentially doing our own thing someday. And uh, but you know, like anything else, Jeff, the, the timing never seems quite right. And then you know you you don't really know what you want to do. But but you know throughout the throughout the years, there was a, always this common theme of the nostalgia of food. And so we knew that when the time was right, we the, those those conversations started to intensify a little bit and. And then it became okay. Well, let's do this this thing that sort of celebrates older ideas, put a little bit of a new spin on them, and uh, and so then meatloaf became sort of the center of this, you know, idea. And so uh, it yeah, it just became you know, newfangled seemed to be a word that I I, I think. I think probably Laura, my wife, had uh, thrown out there like that. That's a newfangled idea, and and so that's just sort of stuck, and it became this this uh, north star of what we were trying to accomplish. And and so it was, you know, probably three years in the making after we got serious about it. Um, yeah, and then and then it just it it just sort of all came together in a, in a really uh, really organic way. Yeah, it's it's a great idea, and I gotta say, I love the meatloaf sandwiches. So, <laughs> nice, thank you. Yeah. Um, so as you were, you know, piecing the uh, different parts together for opening your own restaurants, your own business, how did your previous experience in the restaurant industry sort of inform that? Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's always. Um, it, it's funny. You never know what what it is that's sort of feeding your knowledge base. I mean, I think that most people would say it about whatever their area of expertise is. is these things that don't make a lot of sense at the time, you know, sort of. In, in form later on, I worked for my dad for for many years. He had two restaurants in Northwest Ohio, and um, and I, I've never worked with a better leader. Like he was just this this amazing leader. And he's he he passed several years ago. But that's one thing that probably at the time I didn't take uh, I I didn't appreciate enough as as most sons probably don't appreciate of their of their dads at the in in the moment, you know. Um, but but an amazing leader, um, and so. That was sort of something that was naturally ingrained in me was was you know how to how to serve uh, people that work with you and for you and and so that that really informed it and, and my my time at Katzinger's was phenomenal because it was a a real learning experience in terms of a different philosophy in restaurants which was um, a, a really taking a good hard look at finances. And understanding um, how everything works so so uh, importantly together, whether it's the food, service, finance. That was sort of the mantra there. It was great food, great 
um, great service, great finance. And so, um, you know, and the decision making that went into, uh, you know, showing respect for each of those, those things. And then when I worked for Dan George's at Lexi's, that was really about, I mean, Dan's one of the hardest working people I've ever worked for. And he's, he's a different owner. So I've worked for like three different, very, very different owners. Um, and Dan's ownership style was, was very small mom and pop, um, and really paying attention to every detail. And so, you know, you sort of inherently take on all those attributes of those people that you've been fortunate enough to, um, to work with and work for. And, and, uh, yeah. And then that, that sort of culminated into, in, into this. And, and it's funny how those conversations, like I, I would have those conversations with Laura and we would, we would bounce these ideas off each other and it just becomes in a, again, in a very organic way, it becomes this, this living entity, which is what it is now. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It's so great. You kind of pull a piece from here, pull a piece from there, you know, um, as you mentioned, the leadership of your own father, like, um, cause I'm sure, you know, in your years and years of experience, I'm sure you've run into people that, that have a passion for the, the industry, but don't necessarily have the skill, the leadership skills. Oh yeah. 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 And that's, I'll tell you, that is probably the, the greatest challenge in the restaurant industry is that it's usually the way it works in most restaurant scenarios. It's like whoever's been there longest gets to be the manager, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's not necessarily, it's, it's a great failing. I think in the industry is, is not enough training going into management. Um, and really it comes down to resources. just like anything else. That's why the, the big chains, you know, they do have these great management programs, but also, you know, you're talking about an industry that's on the, lower end of the of the totem pole in terms of education background things like that so it's not going to demand the dollars and therefore um the resources are not going to be allocated to those things it's you know it's it's we we've sort of accepted in the restaurant industry that there's going to be great turnover and in doing so we the rest the restaurant industry by and large, is reluctant to invest in in training of, of managers and, you know, sort of going down that path. And I, that, that is sort of a great failing. And, and I think that there, there's a change, and it's been ha- occurring over the last five years, I'd say. And Columbus is a great example of this. But there's been a change in, um, in the way the approach is from ownership of a lot of these independent local restaurants to to – to move in a different direction there, to really invest in their staff and, and understand that the success is predicated on employees being with the company for, you know, X amount of years rather than X amount of months. And that's really what it's boiled down to. Yeah. I, you know, that's something I hadn't considered. I mean, I, I did spend a little bit of time in the restaurant industry and yeah, the, the turnover is so great that uh, I could see how it being the sort of cycle of well, you as the business don't want to put the investment in your employees because you know they're leaving soon, but then right. they don't want to stay because they're not feeling like they're utilized. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's that's a very unique challenge. Yes. So I know it's always hard to sort of distill these types of things into like a sound bite or a one one piece of advice, but do you have any particular piece of advice you would give to a prospective uh, restaurant or even a business owner? 
I mean, the, the one thing, um, I, I, I guess I'll share the piece of advice that my, my brother, my younger brother owns a, um, he owns a recording studio in Toledo and he, b- before I opened newfangled, um, before Laura and I opened newfangled, uh, he had said to me, he said, you know, one thing you should do, Eric is just I identify the thing that you're not very good at and get really good at that. And I I thought that was really good advice. And it was something I'd never thought about before because, you know, when you put together a business plan, you know, it's like you, you, you sort of, you're identifying where the market is. You're identifying, um, you know, what you're going to, what products you're going to sell, your price points. You, you, You go through the whole gamut. Right. And, and then you, you just execute. And you think like it's all out in front of you. The the biggest key I think to to being successful is is I you know really figuring out where where do you where do you lack and being really honest with yourself. I mean, if there's maybe that's the soundbite. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Know where your failings are and try to try to get good at that. Because if you can do that, then then you know you're you you what you're doing is I think you're setting in motion a philosophy of always trying to get better. And I think when you do that, you, you're, the success will follow. You just have to keep your head down and, and keep going. Yeah, no, no, that sounds like some great advice because it is certainly, it's always easier to identify your own strengths than your weaknesses sure. general, just in, in life. So, so yeah, that sounds like a good way to sort of tackle it. And, and I think that people in, in most people, you, you shy away from things that you're not good at. And, because you're usually not good at them because they're, they maybe don't come easy to you. In my case, I know those are the things for me anyway, or the, the things that are not just natural to me. Um, and those are the things I, I tend to shy away from. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I, I'm always, I'm always thankful uh, to my brother for, for, for uttering those words to me. It's, it's helped a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about, so your restaurant opened in December of 2018 yeah. So you had, you know, roughly a, a year or a bit more under your belt before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. So can you talk about sort of, you know, where you were at for that year plus and then how you've transitioned in the past almost year now? Yeah, yeah. It was um, the first year we were open. Um, the first full year of 2019 was was fantastic because we opened, uh, I think it was December 11th of, of 2018. So um, yeah, 2019 was, was great. You know, our, we, we did, a, a you know, we, we weren't setting the world on fire, but we were, um, we'd hit all our, we'd hit all our goals and exceeded all our, our goals and expectations as far as sales and execution and things. And so we, you know, we were on a, we were on a good path. Uh, 2020 rolls around, we go into January and February and we hit our two best months that we'd ever had. Like we'd really started to hit our stride. And, uh, I mean, so, and then all of a sudden February hits and, you know, late, late February. And then, uh, the, the news starts to come down. And I remember I was, you know, I was reaching out to, um, people I worked, I'd worked with before just to kind of, and, and other colleagues in the industry, just to kind of get a, a vibe on, you know, what's, what are they feeling from a business standpoint? Because at that time you could start to see the numbers just, just coming down a little bit. It, 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 it felt different in the restaurant. 
there were far more people coming in and ordering in. And this was early. I mean, I'm talking, um, you know, late February, early March. So, so yeah, like it was, it was right before everything, you know, sort of hit the fan. And, um, and everybody else was like, yeah, it feels weird. This sounds, this feels different than like, you know, H1N1 or, you know, these, these other things we sort of had challenges in the past. Um, and, you know, being a relatively new business, you know, we've been in it for about a year. It was, you know, everything's terrifying because you're just, everything you do is about survival. I mean, from the get, you're just like, I, I got to make this work. You just got to make it work. And so I, I was probably hypersensitive. I'm sure some of my friends were like, why do you keep texting me? Because I was like, oh, what do you, how was today? You know, how like every day it'd be another thing, you know? And, and like anything else, as soon as we really got into it, then it was like the new cycle was, you know, obviously crazy. It was changing day to day. The the information about what the virus was, how it was being transmitted, what restaurants should be doing, what retail should be doing, you know, should these places. Even, and then it became, you know, because it happened very quick. Then it was that Sunday when, when the governor said, you know, we're closing everything. You can only do carry out, blah, blah, blah. And at that time, we just decided, you know, it was coming at us too quickly for a small place like ours. We were like, we're going to shut it down because a little bit of difference is we're a family-owned operation. It was my, my wife, my son, and I, um, and we had a couple other employees at the time. So it, it wasn't I – was, I was worried about, you know, impacting my family. I was thinking family first and foremost. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we had a business – you know, and, and we're, we're, we're concerned about that. Um, so we, we shut it down for six weeks and it wasn't, and it wasn't going to be, we, we thought it's going to be a couple of weeks and then, you know, you know, Jeff, it's going to be done. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we're going to be back open in a month, you know, business as usual in a month. Right. I mean, that's sort of was the mentality. Um, you know, and then as the weeks went on, you start to realize this is, this is really, this is bad. Um, oh, we have to try to get money from the government. Oh, we have to, you know, and then all this stuff starts rolling. So ultimately it was six weeks that we were down. We opened back up and, you know, and, and by that time we were very well versed. We had a really strong plan about how we wanted to operate. And we've been operating that same exact plan since that day, uh, May 1st when we opened back up. So, um, you know, I, I think it was, I think we were fortunate that we were, a young restaurants. I, I, I think, I think people sort of had this idea that, that, you know, younger restaurants maybe weren't going to do as well. And, you know, I think there's, I think I understand why, but I think the benefit to us was that like we, we were in survival mode from day one. We'd never come out of it because we were young. We were like, you know, we got to make this work. And so we were already of that mindset. We were determined, you know, we're going to make this work and we're, you know, it's going to be okay, but, but we have to make the right moves. And so when you're laser focused on like making the right moves, because anything could be your death knell and you've been living that way for a year, it's business as usual. So I think that really benefited us in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. You know, sort of, you're already in that mindset and you're also, you know, you're smaller and you can be nimble and, and you can yeah. call the shots and yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and there are, you know, granted, we're not worrying about necessarily making sales because we're a library. Um, but yeah. 
there were some benefits to with Bexley, you know, being a small independent library and uh, being able to make decisions and be a bit more nimble with that um, compared to some of the larger library systems that, that has been, I think an advantage, you know, during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this, this ties a bit into, um, so you, you host your own podcast, this newfangled life, and that is tied into the pandemic. You, you started it around the beginning of the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably a month in probably around April 15th, somewhere in, somewhere in that range, I think was when, is when we started it. Yeah. My, uh, my friend Kerouac Smith and, and I started that podcast and really it came, came about, you know, I met Kerouac through the restaurant. He was a customer, him and his, him and his wife and family have been uh, guests of ours since the day we opened. And he knew my wife uh, from, from, prior uh prior to the restaurant opening uh through the bexley schools was my wife used to work for bexley schools and um anyway uh you know at that time we weren't really seeing anybody so i think we both reached out to each other and like you know just to you know talk to another human being and so yeah. uh, so we were we, we were just talking because when be, before that he would come in and we we talked for like half hour just you know um just just talking about stuff. And, uh, and so we, we were talking on the phone and, and I said, you know, I got this idea for a podcast cause he, he's, he runs a podcast company, Columbus podcast company. And, uh, and I said, I have this idea and I, and, and what it was at the time was I wanted to, to really, um, highlight, uh, you know, small businesses in the area. And, and the thought was that it was always my, my feeling that, Small businesses were, were were better equipped to get through this because, to your point, Jeff, you could be nimble. You could be, you know, you you can make decisions on the fly, and you don't have to worry about getting okay from corporate. You know, you just you just go, and um, and also, you know, I think a lot of small businesses have really great stories, and I that that I was I was I was, my my thought again was that you could draw upon what made you what got you where you are today will help get you through on the other side of this thing, whenever that is, whatever that is, you know? So, so, you know, we started, we, we talked about that and, and, um, and so that was really the, the format of the show was, was talking to area businesses, you know, sort of getting that thing together. And, uh, and it was really fun. And that worked for about, I want to say five or six episodes. And then it got real dire. And, and to be frank, that's the main reason that we changed the format was because we were having a hard time having people on and having stories that, you know, were, were viable. And because the reality is, is that this whole thing has really decimated um, so many small businesses. Um, and that was, you know, pretty short-sighted on my, on my part. Um, so then we sort of, you know, transitioned from that to really talking about what's going on in the world and what's how it's impacting, uh, you know, how the pandemic is impacting, you know, everyday life in different sectors. And, and we, we try to have a lot of fun, too. And that was the other thing. Like, Kerouac and I have, you know, we're, we, we have a good time with each other talking about this stuff. And so, we, you know, we, we talk about entertainment. We talk about, you know, lots of different things. Um, TikTok's a big one, Jeff. We're really big on TikTok. <laughs> nice. We're, we're, not, we're not big on TikTok. 
we're, we like TikTok. Sure. sure. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so, but then of course, you know, you, you have the social unrest, you have um, Black Lives Matter, you have, um, you know, all these different things happening. And so there's a lot to talk about and a lot to, you know, sort of dive into and, and so it, you know, yeah, it sort of transitioned into that, and and uh, you know, the response has been great. We've 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 got a, a pretty good listenership now, and and uh, you know, it's yeah, I think it, I think it helps a little bit. It's, even if it helps, you know, a couple of people, it helps, you know. And I think that we we need stuff like that in in light of the 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 dark news cycle. I mean, the dark news cycle. You know, we we experienced this past week. You know, it's it's just been it's it's ridiculous. So. So yeah, I mean, if we can add a little bit of something positive, that's that's the goal, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I, I think you know, it sounds like you you started it with one idea in mind, and you know, unfortunately, like that didn't pan out, and, and it's good that you've been able to pivot to something else and find, like you said, you know, it's um, um, we had Maggie Smith on the podcast a few months ago. And I, I listened it, to that episode. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah. And she, you know, we talked about sort of almost being guilty for, you know, finding joy these days. Like it's yeah. almost like you, 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 it's a struggle to maintain positivity or if you're having fun, you almost feel guilty for it. So yeah. it's always good to, to find those outlets and avenues for that. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, I think a lot of people are dealing with that. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a huge, you know, there's a huge mental health crisis right now in this country that that I think we we're not even fully aware of you know we won't be aware of for some time um and you know it again if we can you know we we, we often talk on the podcast about reaching out you know to friends and family and you know just touching base you know sometimes it's all it takes um and and you know so when Kerouac and I are talking about goofy TikToks, then that's usually just, you know, it's a nice outlet for people. Maybe they can relate or something or, you know, make fun of me for liking Taylor Swift too much or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, those are those are sort of the fun things. And again, we try to keep it light. And we actually just recorded an episode Saturday night and it wasn't light. It was really dark and it, 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 because there wasn't a lot. You know, we're talking about, you know, the insurgency that, that, that occurred on the Capitol and that's there's there's no there's no joy in any of that but it's something you know that affects everybody and we sort of dove into stuff like that too so it's true yeah sometimes there are things you can't spin so (laughs) i believe would be one of them um for sure so uh, yeah um so that's called this newfangled life yeah this newfangled life podcast yeah and you can you know it's on it's on all the regular streaming services so yeah cool i'll be sure to link it in the show notes um, is there anything else you'd like to plug, Eric, before we wrap up? I don't think so, Jeff. I, I you know, I, I just, I guess, I'd, I'd like to say that, um, you know, I appreciate what what you do here on this podcast. But on on a larger note, um, you know, the Bexley Public Library is such a great resource for Bexley, and is such a, um, you know, it, it's in, it's institutions like the Bexley Public Library that. Uh, make communities great. And, and I, I hope people never lose sight of that. And even in a pandemic, you know, I know you guys uh, are doing all kinds of neat things, thinking outside the box, doing book delivery and things like that. Those are really amazing services. And, uh, and I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate that as a, and, and my wife appreciates that as a Bexley business owner. Um, 
And, uh, and, you know, I think that's something we have in common is that we try to add value to the community. And so anyway, thank you, Jeff. And thank you to everybody at, at Bexley Public Library for what you guys do. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, that's, those are the types of things that keep us going, you know, hearing stories like that and how the services we provide can provide a positive impact, especially in these times. And, um, well, yeah. So thank you so much for joining the podcast, Eric. It's great talking with you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It was a pleasure being on.